Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. We give Jesus a big ovation of worship all across this room. Come on, y'all can do a little better than that. Let's give it up for King Jesus in this place. Is there anybody thankful for what Jesus has done? Come on, give him five more seconds of the loudest praise that you've given him all week long. Come on, three more seconds. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. If you don't mind, just stay standing for just a second. I'm so glad you're here. Whatever whatever brought you here today, maybe it was baptism, maybe it was uh, just the, the after Easter, like, okay, I'm going to go check it out. Whatever it might be, man, we're just so honored that you're here. And so thank you so much for being here. We start a new series today called Relation Slips. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, and, and so why don't you shout, Relation Slips. All right, I know that's a tongue twister. We'll talk about it in just a second. But while you're standing, just in honor of God's word, if you're able to do that, we're going to read out of Ephesians chapter 5. And I love the, like the, the header of my Bible right here. It just says a, a sp- about spirit-guided relationships. And it says husbands and wives. So today, we're going to spend a little time talking about husbands and wives. And maybe you're in this room and you're like, yo, I'm not married. Like, this doesn't pertain to me. Absolutely, I believe that God is going to use his Holy Spirit to speak to you and I. And he is going to speak to us where we are are in the spot that we're in, but specifically today, I believe that God's going to speak to some married people in the house, and I'm excited about that. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, and then we're going to jump in for 11 and a half verses. Y'all good for that? Everybody good? About six of you. Yes, everybody good? All right, good. Here's what it says, Ephesians 5, 21, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. And uh, as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. Here's what I'm saying. Some of you husbands are elbowing your wives right there. I'm about to give it to you really quick because this is what you got to do in order for her to be willing to do that. Watch what it says, verse 25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church and that he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. And he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any blemish. And instead, she'll be holy and without fault. And in the same way, watch what it says, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love to himself. No one hates his own body. We all can agree on that, right? No one hates his own body but feeds it and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. I love this last verse right here, verse 31. And uh, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united as one. Again, I can't wait to speak this uh, just to you today, what I feel like God has laid on our heart. And uh, yes, you'll see the ADHD-ness of, uh, I have a slip and slide on stage today, right? We'll talk about that in just a second. But first, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we honor you. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you uh, have given us just kind of just a, a, a template of how we should uh, form relationships and how we should have relationships with husbands and wives. And God, I just 
pray that today that God you would get glory that today you would be honored that you would be praised and it's in Jesus marvelous magnificent incredible awesome name that we pray and everybody in here said I said everybody in here said Amen. come on one more time can we give Jesus the loudest ovation that we've given him all week long I love it. I love it. Go ahead and high five three or four people around you. Say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. I love it. I'm so thankful for you guys. I'm really glad that you're at church. You could be anywhere. You could be everywhere, but you are here, and I'm really thankful for you. I want to just look into the camera really fast and, uh, and just tell you guys how honored we are that you're watching online, man. We love you. We're glad you're here. We're going to invite you. If you're in the area, come check it out in person. We'd love to have you, 9 or 1045. But come on, there's just something about being in the room. It's better being in the room, ain't it, everybody in the room, right? Just better to be here. We're going to invite you in. We'd love for you to be a part of that. But, man, I'm excited about today. I have this, uh, this slip and slide up here on stage because we are starting this brand new series called Relation Slips. Somebody say Relation Slips. All right, that's again a tongue twister, but let's let's talk about it really quick. How many of y'all out there grew up with a slip and slide? Come on, somebody. How many of y'all made your own slip and slide out of trash bags or you were doing something, it didn't matter? Like, have you, some of y'all are like, what you talking about, bro? You ain't never grown up like I grown up. I had a slip and slide, I had a trash bag, trash bags work too sometimes, uh, or like a, a mat, like a, a, a blow up mattress and you're slipping and sliding down here, whatever it might be. Come on, one more time. How, you, how many of y'all had a slip and slide before, right? I, I'm with you. I, I am kind of the the guy that says, you know what, I may be 33 years old, but your boy will still get on a slip and slide. Come on, somebody. All right? I ain't scared. I would love to do it, right? It's just one of those things. Now, think about uh, this slip and slide up here, and it is very slippery and very slidey, uh, but I think about this idea. When it comes to relationships, this is the, something that happens is that, like, uh, when we start relationships, when we're here, let's just imagine that this is the relationship when it starts, and let's just talk about it. Like, when relationship starts, whether it's a friendship, uh, whether it is a, a relationship, you got, like, in a dating relationship, um, even maybe a little bit of parenting at times, like there is this thing that like when you first start the relationship, it's easy, right? Like, come on, everybody, everybody know at first, man, it's just easy, like, oh, it's good, it's smooth sailing, and then life starts to happen. Come on, somebody, right? Life starts to happen, you start to get to know them a little bit, and as you start to get on this road, uh, if I fall, please laugh, and then let's keep going together, all right? But like, uh, again, this idea is that as we start to, as we start to drop, oh my gosh, that's really sleek, um, as we start to go down the road of life, and again, as we add speed, as we add things to us, how many of y'all know that there's some relationships that can start slipping? Come on, has anybody out there ever had a relationship that has slipped before? Come on, wave at me. Don't point to anybody, okay? Like, don't do that today. But I want to talk to us around this idea of, again, I, I want us to understand that you and I, all of us were created for relationships. Like, even from the very beginning, like, God created you and I with a relationship in mind. Look at what even Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says. It says this, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. From the very beginning, you and I have been created for relationships. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small little animals that scurry along the ground. Come on, that's my little ADHD brain reading it like that. Okay, okay. Uh, go. So God created human beings in his own image. So again, I want us to understand in the very beginning, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So from the very beginning, at the very beginning of time, we were created from a relational God for relationship with him and relationship with other people. And I don't know about you, but relationships are some of the best things that I have in my life. My wife and my kids and friendships and all these things 
in my life that, that man, they're some of the most rewarding things that I have in my life. But how many of y'all know that sometimes they're the most challenging? Sometimes they're the hardest. They are, man, it is, ain't nothing easy, ain't nothing scripted about a relationship with another person. Come on, right? It just, man, it's hard to do. Relationships are hard. And so what I want to do today is talk through this idea of the fact is that there are many slip-ups that happen to happen when it comes to our marriages, when it comes to our relationships. And again, you may be thinking, I am not married. I am not, I'm not doing this. Y'all going to see me do like the James Brown splits in a second. It's going to be awesome. Um, but I, I think what happens is a lot of times and what we're going to talk about today, that there are some things that you're going to be able to take away from this today that I really believe that God is going to teach us and that you can use whatever stage you find yourself in in life. But even specifically for our married folks in the room, where are all the married people at in the room? Let me hear you. That was bad. Just gonna call it what it was. All right. Where are all the single people at in the room? Let me hear you. See, they single, ready to mingle, okay? Where are all the married people at in the room? All right. Fell, yeah, stand that ass. Good, Miss Tanya. You know how to celebrate, right? Like this idea. That, that, again, marriage is such a gift. Marriage is such a big thing. And, again, I, I want you to understand that, that I believe that there's some common slip-ups for the people that hollered real, real quietly the very first time around. That in marriage, there's some things, but in relationships. So I want you to write these down. I want you to take some notes because I really do. I'm, I'm going to give you some bad advice because these are slip-ups that a lot of people do. And then we're going to combat that with the Word of God and what God has to say about it. Everybody good with that? About six of you. So everybody good with that? All right, good. The first slip up in relationships, in marriage, is this idea, you know what you should do? Just follow your feelings. Just follow your feelings, right? That's, that's a common slip up when it comes to relationships right now. See, I, I don't know about you guys, uh, but when Allie and I first started dating, how many of y'all ever got butterflies around that other person before? Come on, somebody. Come on, wave at me. You know what I'm talking about? You just, oh, you just, you get around them. You get nervous. Uh, I mean, you just get, oh, my goodness. Like, like you are so nervous around them. And uh, uh, the problem with butterflies, as I like to say it, is, uh, as Molly Cyrus says, butterflies fly away. Okay, they leave, okay? I want you to understand that what we do is we get so obsessed with the butterflies. We get so obsessed with the feelings. And again, Allie and I, we're celebrating 10 years of marriage next month. Come on, somebody cannot. We've been, we've been dating and married for about 12 years um, and 10 years next month. I have, my gosh, praise the Lord for that woman right there. My gosh, putting up with me for 10 years. But like when we first started dating, y'all think about it, everything is good when you first start dating. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, even nothing is good. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you thinking right now? We're on the phone. What are you thinking right now? Nothing. Oh, that's so good. So good. So good. You know, what, what, what's happening? What, what you got going this weekend? Nothing. Oh, me neither. Oh, I love that, right? And again, for the married people in the room, the, the further on down the roads you get, nothing is not a good and sufficient answer, okay? It's not one of those things. But again, I want us to understand that when we first start out, all it is is, is what we've done and what we've taken relationships and even marriage is that we've kind of just summed it down to this thing of, of a feeling, of an emotion that, you know what, I don't want, I, I got a feeling. We have this myth that's out there that says, you know what, I got to find this perfect person that's out there. There's one person out there that's perfect for me. And boy, when I find them, man, my life is going to be perfect. And again, how do most people find the perfect person? It's this word called chemistry. Somebody shout chemistry. I'm not talking about what you study in the seventh grade. I'm talking about like these, the, oh, we just got chemistry. You know what I'm saying? We just, oh, we just fit, like, wow, I can't even explain it. She talks, and I love it, and she made, she laughs. Oh, her laugh is so nice. And 
and you get three years in and you're like, that laugh is driving me nuts, okay? Because what happens is we get so caught up with this thing called chemistry. And again, married people in the room can attest. Give it some weeks. Give it some months. Give it some years. And what begins to happen is that there comes a point in time where the chemistry, just the feeling, doesn't necessarily feel like it's still there. There's a, there's a feeling there. And what happens is the problem is for a lot of people that slip up is that they follow their feelings. And they think, you know what, now that the chemistry is gone, it's kind of what we based our life on, you will begin to think that that's a sign that you need to get out. If that's a sign, i got to hightail it out of here, i got to get out of here because the feelings are gone. Or, or maybe the, the whole idea is, okay, let's have a baby. Right, like let's throw it into the chaos, just like this this incredible marriage. That yeah, I mean it's it's wild and crazy, and and again let's just let's just think the feeling is gone. So I'm like, man, well let's put some new chemistry in it. Let's have a baby, and again, I think that that's a wild thing too, because what happens is you bring somebody else into the chaos and the feelings that that sometimes again you and I think you know what we're making decisions not based on devotion but on emotion. We're not based, We're making decisions based on information, not, uh, not on information, but on infatuation. And I just want to challenge some of us today that a common slip-up is this idea. You know what? Follow your feelings. If you don't feel it anymore, you can get out. But I just believe, according to the Word of God, that if you'll open it up, that you and I, even as we read in Ephesians chapter 5, that we're going to discover that this thing called love, this thing called marriage, is anything but a feeling. But in fact, I want you to write it down. Love is not a feeling. It is a choice. That, that I want us to understand Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 is the, the Bible's telling you and I that you know what, if you're a husband, you ought to give up your life for her. Let me share it with y'all real quick. That's not a feeling that you just do, that is a choice you have to make. That I have to wake up every day, and some days I don't feel like serving Allie. Some days I don't feel like, you know, uh, just saying, you know what, I'm going to put your interest above my own. But it is a choice that I have to make. But again, if you are just a common slip-up, we just hear we're going to make decisions based on our feelings. You're thinking, you know what i got to do? i got to get out of here. And for me, again, listen, we've been married again almost 10 years. I still get butterflies around her. But there have been times, let's just be honest, if we could just be honest, we were real honest in the first service, there's just, on, there, like, there are times when we don't feel like being married. Can I be 100% honest? I, again, I'm speaking. I got the microphone in my hand. Are you good with that? Okay, okay. <laughs> Didn't want to be that like I'm the only one. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. So we're on the same page. There's times where we don't feel like being married. There's times when the feeling sometimes feels like it's, it's gone. But what I want to encourage a lot of people, and if the whole thing is based on feeling, if the whole thing is based on this chemistry, I would be out the door, she would be out the door, it would no longer be happening. But love is a choice, and marriage is a covenant, not just a contract, not just something we sign to be able to get, you know, be able to live together and live, just send it to the courthouse. No, no, no. Marriage is a covenant, and I think Jesus would have probably been a pretty tough marriage counselor because a lot of times what we would come to Jesus and say, "Yo, Jesus, like." We just lost that love and feeling. Whoa, that love and feeling. Come on. You lost that love. All right, beautiful. That's all the people that was out last night shouldn't have been right there, all right? And singing karaoke. All right, all right. But I, I, I want us to think about that because, again, we would come to Jesus and say, Jesus, you know what? The chemistry's gone. We've lost that loving feeling. But I think Jesus would say something to you and I. You haven't lost the loving feeling. You've just stopped acting in loving ways. 
Like you just stop acting in loving ways. And I think, again, what happens to us so many times, uh, it happens in marriage, that we're just going to follow the feelings. We're just going to slip up. And if, if it doesn't happen anymore, if we don't have any chemistry, we're just going to hightail it out of here. But love is not a feeling. It is a choice. And I always say it like this. Emotion follows motion. There's times when Allie and I, when we have to decide, you know what? We've said Tuesday night is going to be a date night for us. I'm going to come home. I'm going to shower up. She's going to dress up. And we're going to go out. We may not feel like it, but what happens is... Is, as we do those things, all of a sudden we have the best time ever. Why? Because emotion follows motion. I don't have to feel like it in order to do it. Amen or oh me. Everybody good? Everybody okay? All right, first slip up. Every first slip up that we, we struggle with a lot in society and culture is this idea, I'm just going to follow my feelings. Number two is this idea, if you want to slip up in your relationship, you want to slip up in your marriage, fight to win. If you want to slip up in your marriage, fight to win. That's what I know. Um, did you just say fight, like, with your spouse? Yes. Like, that happens, okay? Like, like I'm talking, like, yes, we get in some discussions uh, uh, from time to time. And how many of y'all know that half the time it happens on the way to church? Come on, somebody, right? All the people laughing, you know what I'm talking about because you've been there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're in the car with the kids, and you're just... You're just people are screaming, you're slapping in the back seat trying to hit something. You don't care what it is. You're just trying to just sh hush up kids and all this kind of mess that's going on in your, in your car. And you're on your way. And again, I think about our, our park team. Don't you love our park team outside trying to make a good spot for y'all? Love that. Love them so much. They serve, you know, rain, sleet, snow, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm so grateful for them. But y'all are yelling at each other, slapping in the back. And all of a sudden, you pull in the parking lot and you're just like, bless you, bless you spot bless you how many y'all been there before come on don't be lying up in church right you do it we all do it we've been there but what I want to challenge a lot of us is this idea that what begins to happen is that what we do is we, we think, you know what, I'm, I'm going to fight to win in my relationship. Like if, if, if in our relationship, if I can get Allie not to respond, if I can stump her, if I can close, like close her from responding back, then I feel like sometimes I win. And again, this happens because there's two imperfect people in a relationship with each other that's going to have conflict, that's going to have turmoil. And so many times we try to say, you know what? I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to go out there and do that. But here's my encouragement for you is that we are often fighting the wrong enemy. So you need to understand that Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that we are not fighting against flesh and blood. That my enemy is not her. That your enemy is not your coworker. That your enemy is not your spouse, okay? I want us to understand it is not against flesh and blood. And even 1 Peter tells us who it's really about and who it's really that we're fighting against. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. See, he wants nothing more for you than for you to say, you know what, I'm going to go into this discussion with my wife, my husband, and I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to win it. I'm going to take them down. I'm going to do whatever i got to do in order to win. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's what I want you to write down and what I want you to know is that unhealthy couples fight to win, but healthy couples fight for resolution. So you know what the devil wants to try and get you to do is fight to win. Do whatever you got to do in order to win. What I would just come at you and say, you know what, healthy couples fight for resolution. Healthy couples fight to say, you know what, uh, we're going we're gonna to work through this together. You know why? Because we're on the same team. Right? I, grew up, I grew up playing basketball. There it is right there. I grew up playing basketball, and um, 
um, I think about basketball, and I, I was a, I, I broke all kinds of bones as a kid. Uh, it was awesome. And uh, I remember uh, in basketball back in the day, um, I remember, and I don't know if you watch much basketball very often. Y'all see what's about to happen, don't you? Okay. Um, like, like, I don't know if you remember, but like what happens in a basketball game is sometimes there's like a loose ball. How many of y'all ever seen a loose ball in basketball, right? And if your team is all about going to get the ball, I just always got challenged that you know what you got to do? You got to go and get the ball. You got to get the ball, whatever it takes, you know what I'm saying? Just whatever it takes to get the ball on the slip and slide. I'll preach and be in the, I'll preach the gospel and slip and slide all day. It'll be great, right? But I think about, I think about this idea that when you go and you're, you're after the ball, and what are you doing? You're down here, and what's happening at the ball whenever you're diving for? You're, you're slinging elbows, and you're doing whatever it takes, like literally whatever it takes to get the ball, right? And then how many of y'all know that sometimes what happens is you're willing to fight, you're willing to claw, you're willing to scratch, and next thing you know, there's somebody on the sidelines that's going like this. Hey, y'all, same team. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been there? Right? You didn't even realize it. You're on the floor with Johnny. You're on the same team, right? You're elbowing each other. You're doing whatever it takes to get the ball. And I got to thinking about that, and I think I just feel like God is saying, you know what? The enemy's been trying to fight our marriages for a long time. But I want to be that crazy guy on the sidelines for some of you and your marriage saying, you know what? Same team. Same team. And I just came to remind some of y'all today, the odds may be stacked against us when it comes to marriage. And I know what the statistics say about you and I when it comes to marriage, but I really do believe that there is hope in Jesus. And that if Jesus is a part of the solution, if he's a part of the equation, excuse me, I'm out of breath because I just dove on the floor after a loose ball. If Jesus is a part of the equation, that there is always an answer, that there's always a solution. I don't know what you've walked in here, how bad the arguments may have been. I don't know how long you've been slipping and sliding when it comes to your relationship. But there is always hope when Jesus is a part of the equation. The devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But with Jesus, he has come so you can have life and have it more abundantly. Come on, if you believe that, can we give God a big shout of praise? All over this place. Listen, I want to encourage you. Unhealthy couples, they fight to win. But healthy couples fight for resolution. Slip up number three. Everybody good so far? Okay, good. Slip up number three happens in all of our relationships. Again, I don't ever want you guys to think that I'm preaching at you because this is something Allie and I literally were walking through this week. Walking through all of these really together this week. Number three, slip up number three, is that you can say whatever you want whenever you want. You really want to slip up in your relationship, and that kind of goes with fight to win. Say whatever you want, whenever you want. Look at what Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23 says. It says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. Some wives are elbowing their husbands right now. Don't be doing that, okay? Right? It's this idea that, you know what? Hey, if I will guard my mouth, look at what Psalm 141, verse 3 says. I love this scripture. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. See, if you want to slip up in your relationship, you want to trip yourself up, you want to fall, you want to make sure that you're, you're doing stuff that's going to really hurt your relationship, just say whatever you want whenever you want. But my prayer for us as healthy individuals, as healthy couples, is this idea that we would begin to pray for this. God, would you guard my words faithfully? 
God, would you guard my words? God, would you put a door over my mouth? Set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Like, I want to encourage you, guard your words faithfully. I think a good filter to run that through is this idea of a couple things. Should it be said at all? Should it be said now? What is the tone I'm saying it with? Okay, so if we want to guard our words faithfully, should it be said at all? Should it be said now? And how's my tone whenever I say it? So I want to encourage some of you in this room, I want to encourage you not to call names. Never, never call names. Never raise your voice. Never get historical. Oh, you used to. Back when we first got married, you used to. I mean, y'all been there. It's tough. I, and I'm there. I, I want you to understand, this is not me coming at you. We do with the same thing. Allie and I are two imperfect people trying our very best to lead this church with honor and integrity and do all of that. But we still struggle as well. And I want you to understand, never call names, never get historical, never say never, and never say always. All right? You always this way. Or you never do this. Okay? Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Never threaten divorce. Don't even let that be an option for you. As a married couple, don't let that be an option for you. And this is one for me. Never quote your pastor during a fight. Okay? That would just be, that'd be great. Okay? See, it's wild to me how much our conversations with our spouse what begins to happen is that like, we would never have that conversation with our worst enemy sometimes. Right? We wouldn't even say that to somebody that we may not even really like, much less the person that we're married to, that we're spending our life with. And so it's wild to me that sometimes we let things come out of our mouths that are, that are wild and crazy, cussing and name-calling. Please understand that every time that we do that, every time you find yourself there, we are making it very, very clear that we don't want to walk according to what Ephesians 5 tells us. You know, you're like, yes, I do, yes, I do. No, well, watch what the Bible says. Again, Ephesians 5, 28. It tells us that in the same way, husbands, you ought to love your wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. And in that last line that I read, verse 31, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined with his wife, and the two are united into one. Meaning that as you call names, as you say those things, please understand that we are calling ourselves that as well. Because no longer are we two, we actually have been joined together as one. So I'm going to encourage you, listen, don't say whatever you want when you want unless you want to slip up in your relationship. That's where you got to say, you know what, God, guard my words. Would you put a door over the words of my lips? Everybody okay? All right, number four, here's the next one is this, is communicate when it's convenient. So if you want to slip up in your marriage, you want to slip up in your relationship, just communicate when it's easy and when it's convenient. And I know how it is, man, y'all, just be honest, between the work schedules and between the, uh, you know, the practices and, and the drive-throughs and all of these things, I understand, again, Allie and I had to sit down this week and we were talking to each other and, and we had a busy week over the last week, great stuff going on, but we had to look at each other and say, you know what, we haven't talked in four days. We've been, we've been raising the kids, we've been doing all this stuff, but we haven't just sit down and talked in four days. And so I just want you to understand, again, this is not something I'm preaching at you. I'm here with you, trying to learn with you. And again, just if we want to slip up in our relationships, just communicate when it's easy. Just communicate when it's convenient. And again, it's amazing to me how much I will spend time working on communication in our jobs, how much time I'll spend working on communication to you, but then how little time we spend together talking. And, and I, want to, I want you to know that the average couple spends four minutes a day in communication. Four. That is not a lot. It's a common slip-up. It's something all of us struggle with. But if we want to keep that going, if we know what the statistics are of divorce, we know what the statistics are uh, of what that looks like, and that is what's common, guess what? we got to be countercultural. 
we got to be different than what the world and how the world is living. And this is what I want to just share with you. That you know what? In order for our communication to work, you know what it does? It takes work. In order for our communication to work, it takes work. See, the average man speaks about 15,000 words a day. The average woman speaks about 30,000 words a day. All right? I'm a little above average as a dude. That's when somebody come up to me after. You're like, you don't speak 15,000 words a day. I said, you're right. You're right. I speak like 38,000. You know, like I talk all day long, right? But, but again, the average man speaks 15,000. The average woman speaks 30,000. And so for communication to work, you've got to understand it's going to take some work because you want to know something? We all communicate differently. We all communicate differently. And I want to encourage you. There was a book that we got given to us when we first were getting married um, by our, one of our pastors, Pastor Tony Adams. He's one of our overseers here. I love him to death. He gave us this book called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. I would highly encourage it for you uh, if, you are, if you're struggling with communication because there's five different main type of, of, of communications that happen with couples. And they're this, words of affirmation, gift giving, quality time, Acts of service and physical touch. And most men fit in that last category, okay, of physical touch. I'm just going to be honest. That's where a lot of us live. But let me tell you something really quick. Allie's right there is quality time. She doesn't even necessarily want me uh, necessarily she has to be in the same room as me, but she wants to know that I'm available and I'm close to her because she loves quality time. That's not how I communicate, but I know that's how she communicates. So what it does is it's going to take some work for me to say, you know what, I'm going to communicate with you the best that I know how to, the best that communicates best for her. And so again, if communication is going to work, it's going to have to take some work. That's the fourth slip up. And then the last one, I think it's the most important one because all of the other things rely on this last one. It's this idea, common slip up in your relationship, in your marriages, is just build your relationship on what you think is right. Just build your relationship on what you think is right. How many of y'all grew up playing Jenga? Anybody ever played Jenga before? Come on, I love that game. I got a few of the blocks right here. Uh, I couldn't, because of all of the different uh, things that I use today, like I couldn't get that up here as well. But I think about Jenga, and I think about this game, and a lot of times we play Jenga with our life is what we do. A lot of times for you and I, we begin to think, you know what, hey, we're going to build our marriage on some things that we know. Okay, I'm going to build my marriage on the job. I'm going to build my marriage on the house. And again, we just had this conversation this week. I mean, for us, it's unbelievable. And I'm sharing this with you because I, I was struggling with some of this stuff. And we're going to build it on, we're gonna build it on the, the, the perfect job. Man, if we could just get, uh, oh, the perfect kids. If we could just get two and a half kids and they mind their manners and they say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we just get that. We're going to build our life on all of these things, but what I want to challenge a lot of us that do that is this idea is as we build our life and we stack it, stack it, stack it on things that don't amount to anything, that don't matter, that we think is right in the moment, which again is a common slip up for a lot of people. If we will spend our life doing that to where we build, 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 what happens when one of those logs are taken out? What happens when the job is no longer there that you and I have built our life upon? That you and I have said, you know what, this is the thing that's making our marriage what it is. Like, what, what happens when the house isn't there anymore? Like, what, what happens when the cars aren't there anymore? What happens when that happens? Because I want to just ask you, what are you building your relationship on? What, what are we building our relationships on? Because I want us to understand that the Bible even tells us in Psalm um, 127 verse 1, unless the Lord builds your house, its builders labor in vain. 
We labor in vain. We're just building something that eventually when those things start to fall apart around us, maybe, guess what's going to happen? That that thing that we built on all the things we thought were right, it comes crashing down. It comes crashing down. Even Jesus talked about this in the parable where he talked about the wise man built his house on the rock and the, and the, the foolish man built his house on the sand. Right? And if, if we'll just build, build, build on things that five, ten, fifteen years from now won't amount to a hill of beans, right? They won't matter in five, ten, or fifteen years. If we build our life on that, when those things are gone, I just want to encourage you that there is a big crash and it hurts a lot of people. So I'm challenging you today. Don't, don't build it on things that may not matter in five years. Don't, don't build your marriage on things that don't, don't, don't amount to anything in ten years. It's a common slip up. We all do it. We all find ourselves building our life around certain things from time to time. And I'm just going to encourage you today, build it on the only sure thing, being Jesus. That you and I would say, you know what, God, according to your word, Ephesians chapter 5, I know what a husband's supposed to look like. I don't know all the specific answers, but I know if I'm putting myself below what the needs of my family and my wife are, then I, I'm going I'm to follow your word. And wives, if you say, you know what, I'm going to submit to my husband as to the Lord. I'm going to do it as if I'm serving God. I'm going to submit to him as, I'm ser- as he's serving the Lord. And just I just believe as we begin to do that, if we will build our relationships all around what the word of God has to say, I believe we're setting ourselves up for success. So for a lot of us, we build our relationship on things that we think is right. The combat, like to combat that idea, that slip up, I want you to write this down. Let the one who designed them define them. Let the one who designed it and created it be the one that says, this is what you need to go after. This is what you should build your relationship on. This is what you should build your life on. And I think about this. We think again, God, would your word speak into my marriage? God, would your word speak into who I'm called to be as a man, as a follower of you? I'll let your word define what my life is supposed to look like, not the changing, shifting things of what culture may say is good. I want to challenge all of us. Maybe you're in this room and you've never built your life on that foundation of Jesus. I want to encourage you, all the things that you and I do to try and build our life on, I'm telling you, it's that we're laboring in vain unless we build it on the foundation that is Jesus. And maybe you're in here and you've never done that. Maybe you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to encourage you. Let me, let me say this too. When you say yes to a relationship with Jesus, that does not mean that all of your other relationships are just going to be perfect overnight. I want you to understand that. But I'm telling you, that is the one relationship that you've got to get right if you ever have want to have any hope for any of your other relationships out there. It's the relationship that you just say, you know what, Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I realize that I'm far from you. I realize that I've messed up, that I've, I've put other things ahead of you, that I chose the world. I chose the things of this life more than I ever chose the things of you. And today, I'm realizing, Jesus, that, that, that just like what we celebrated last week in Easter, the fact that you were dead, that you were buried, but now you're alive. I'm going to build my life on that. I'm going to build my life on the sure things, knowing that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is the way maker, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. That's what I'm going to build my life on. That's what I'm going to build our marriage on. And that's my prayer for us today as a church. Man, will we be some people that build our lives on the right thing, on that thing of Jesus, right? So you're in this room, you're watching online. If it's safe for you online, would everybody in here bow your heads and close your eyes? No shifting around a whole lot. If you just be really still right now, if you don't mind. If you're watching online, man, we're so thankful for you again. But I want to just tell you, you're in this room, and 
Maybe you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that there is a relationship that's better than any relationship that's out there. Better than any decision that you and I will ever make. When it comes to relationships on this earth, the best decision that you can make is saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you're in this place or maybe you're watching online and you've never said that. You've never said yes to Jesus. I would just love to invite you to say yes to the relationship that can change everything. And it's that relationship with Jesus that you realize and I realize that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we've all messed up. We've all found ourselves chasing after things of this world. But Jesus demonstrated his love for us, the Bible says. That while we were still sinning, Christ died for me and for you. And I don't know where you're at in this room. I don't know what, what you find yourself in. I want to let you know that there was a Savior that loved you and me so much that he was willing to go to the cross. And that if we would confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we would believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says that we will be saved. And maybe you're in this place and you need to make that decision to say yes to a relationship today. Making the decision to say, I want to be saved today. If that's you, it's not just my words, it's not what I say that's going to save you. I want you to mean it in your heart. I want you to say something like this. It can be word for word, but I want you to mean it. I want you to say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you gave your life for me. I believe they put you in a tomb. And I believe that you've gotten out of the grave. That you are alive. And I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. I ask you to save me today, Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. Come in my life. Help me live for you for the rest of my life. Maybe you're in here. Maybe that's something that you prayed. You said something like that. But you asked Jesus to be Lord of your life. Or you're watching online. I want to tell you that you made the best decision that you'll ever make. It's a decision that we party about at Purpose Church. You know why? Because the Bible says that there is a party going on in heaven when one person comes to know Jesus. And so we're going to bring a little bit of heaven down to earth where we get to celebrate. And we want to walk with you as this new decision that you've made, this new journey that you're on, this new relationship that you started with Jesus today. Uh, we want to help you with that. I know you have questions, and we want to be a church that celebrates with you. We want to give you a Bible. Uh, I'll just tell you, man, the generous people of Purpose Church have said, you know what? We've been praying for people to accept Jesus. We've been praying for people that need a Bible. We would love to give you one of those. Got some good things in there on the inside. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do in just a second. Room full of people that love you. Room full of people that care about you. But I want you just to make a decision in just a second. You just said yes to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to, in just a second to get out of your seat. we got some incredible people on either side of the stage right now, kind of towards the side walls, that are our prayer team. And we would love to celebrate with you. And you're not even going to be the only one moving. I'm going to ask our team in just a second. They're going to begin to move. They're not going to go out of the room. They're just going to go to kind of the areas of the sides of the room. And they're going to get ready for as we leave in just a second. But I just want you to know you're not going to be moving by yourself. So on the count of three... I'm going to ask you, if you just said yes to Jesus, would you take that card that was in your seat when you came in? And would you take that and would you say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that up here to my friends that are up here at the front. And I'm going to tell them I just accepted Jesus. On the count of three, our team's going to move as well. One, two, three. Would you move? If you just said yes to Jesus, we got people on either side of our auditorium for you. I love that. I love that. I love that. Awesome. 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 
why don't we do this purpose church can we lift our heads and can we stand to our feet and can we give king jesus the loudest ovation that we've given him all week long come on if y'all love jesus can you make a little bit of noise in this place thank you so much again for listening to hear more messages like this one make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends it helps out so much for more content and information head over to ourpurpose.church we love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose